This video is brought to you by Devout Decals, makers of reusable Catholic art for your home altar, your bedroom, and your home classroom. Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano gave an explosive interview recently with an Italian news outlet, and hardly anyone noticed until yesterday when LifeSite published it, and that was kind of odd, so today we're going to go over his basic accusation he's making. Francis wants you and I to choose to leave the church, and he's going to facilitate that decision for us, of course, by creating conditions that make remaining Catholic intolerable. Now, that's an incredible accusation to make, but honestly, I have seen nothing that makes me think that he is wrong, and in reality, what he's doing is endorsing what we've said all along. Remember, modernist apostate media now are talking about the synod of synodality as not a formal meeting of the church to informally discuss salient issues, they talk about it as building a synodal church. That includes Vatican News, the official arm of Vatican City. That includes bishops talking about the synod. They are building a synodal church. They say that they are decentralizing power, and on paper you can see why they might say that, but the reality is something far more sinister. Francis has been hinting at this sinister move of his since the beginning of his alleged papacy, when he told the world that he would probably be the Pope to kick off a schism, and later that he wasn't afraid of a schism. He then followed that up with a multi-year campaign of calling anyone who wanted the same faith as their ancestors as every negative label that has come to mean schismatic, rigid, clericalist, backwardsist, guardian of tradition, you name it. There's a simple purpose to this. Francis wants to force those of us with the true faith to abandon the institutional church completely. That has been our suspicion for some time now, as any talk of forcing traditional Catholics into the peripheries of church society in the SSPX or in independent chapels has pointed that for, again, for some time. And we've, I'm not the only one who's talked about this. All of your people here on YouTube have talked about this. So in his recent interview with Aldemaria Valley for his Italian website, Archbishop Vigano puts the idea out there in the kind of depressingly blunt way he has of not sugarcoating any hard teaching. Quote, Bergoglio's logic is very evident. He wants to create the premises for a schism, which he denies and deplores in words, but which he has been preparing for some time. Bergoglio wants to separate in one way or another the good part of the faithful and clerics from the official church and to achieve this to ensure that they distance themselves from the modernist Sanhedrin, he is placing in key positions in the Roman Curia those characters who guarantee the worst possible management of the dicasteries entrusted to them, with the worst possible result and the greatest damage to the ecclesial body. The progressive restrictions on the celebration of the ancient liturgy serve to confine conservatories to hunting reserves, from which they can fly off to the Society of St. Pius X as soon as the Synod brings the doctrinal changes to their official consequences, moral and disciplinary issues that are in the pipeline and will cause an exodus of Catholics in what, after the suppression of or normalization of the Ecclesia Dei Institutes, will become the monopolist of tradition. But at that point, that is, when the traditional Catholics will have migrated into the society, meaning to the SSPX, and its leaders will believe they have won a victory over the competition from the suppressed Samoran Pontificum organizations, these would be your FSSP, a new intolerably provocative action will force the Society of St. Pius X to distance itself from Bergoglian Rome, sanctioning the excommunication of traditionalism, no longer represented within the official church, if it ever was. For this reason, in my opinion, it is important to maintain a certain fragmentation in order to make the 
malicious maneuver of expelling traditional Catholics from the ecclesia body more complex. Deaconesses, abolition of ecclesiastical celibacy, the blessing of James Martin Couples, tolerance for multi-partner pairings, the ideologies of the flesh, and the ecological pantheism a la Teilhard de Chardin. These are the points of confrontation that Bergoglio is deliberately opening between the conservative wing, not traditionalist, already distant or out of the picture, and the ultra-progressive one. Its purpose is to create confrontation, to let it grow, to encourage the supporters of the most extreme instances with appointments and promotions, to then witness the predictable reaction of condemnation of the few remaining good bishops, priests, and religious, who, faced with Bergoglio's pitfall, will have two choices. Return to submit, return, return to submit in silence or get up. Once the inconvenient pastors have been ostracized and the faithful conservatives have been dismissed, the Bergoglian hierarchy will be able to exercise full control over the clergy and people, certain of the obedience of those who remain. And this sect, which will only have the name of Catholic, and perhaps not even that anymore, will totally eclipse the bride of the Lamb in the paradox of a traitorous and corrupt hierarchy that, uh, that abuses Christ's authority to destroy his church. End lengthy quote. In other words, Francis is creating the conditions for schism and helping move it along by trying to corral people to the SSPX so we can then excommunicate a lot of us. The latest action has been to do this with the creation of his crop of new cardinals, many of whom are so intolerably bad that they'll push for this new religion long after he is gone. I'm going to zoom in here on that, on the rather issue of appointments here. We're all familiar by now with the appointment of Archbishop Tuco Fernandez, who was the ghostwriter for Morse Laetitia. We all know about his awful poetry that celebrates the flesh, which has been much of the focus of the angst about his appointment as the prefect for the dicastery of the faith, and it's really sort of a superficial thing, relatively speaking, to focus on. Fernandez has stated that his purpose as Francis's appointee is to make sure Francis's contributions to the teachings of the church and its magisterium are included in the teaching documents of the church. This would presumably include in some future version of the catechism, but also in addressing any doctrinal or moral issues the Vatican is presented with that comes from within the church. Fernandez has been accused of being a heretic before, going back to at least 2010, if not earlier, and his theology can be argued as being essentialist, which is a particular form of modernism that interprets scripture by trying to get to what they, the essentialist, will call the essence or essential parts of the teaching. And if you don't know what that means, I guarantee you're familiar with at least one expression of it. You've all seen some priests on social media or maybe in your parish talk about how the two cities destroyed in the Old Testament for being hives of the uh, James Martin sin were not destroyed because they were hives of that sin that cries out to heaven for justice, despite scripture telling us it is. They were destroyed because the essence of that teaching is that they were guilty of a lack of hospitality. That's what we're talking about here, folks. It's basically taking personal emotions and turning them into the way you interpret Scripture, omitting the facts of the text, omitting the entire history of, its, of how it's been interpreted, and just interpreting it as you will. It's basically taking the feelings of the secular world and using them as the interpretive lens for sacred Scripture, backed by the magisterial authority of that thing calling itself the Catholic Church. Do you see how Fernandez by himself could be what causes an intolerable situation in the church that leads to schism, especially among conservative, non-traditionalist Catholics? And just as a rem reminder, 
Vigano is going to tell us explicitly here that Francis is not afraid of schism. In fact, he's been actively preparing for a schism in the church for some time. So, according to Vigano, quote, Look, already in 2019, Bergoglio has said that he does not fear a schism. And while he affirmed that schismatics always have one thing in common, they detach themselves from the people, from the faith of the people, from the faith of the people of God, he added, the morality of ideology leaves you to rigidity, and today we have many schools of rigidity within the church. He's quoting Francis here, folks. Which are not schisms, but are pseudo-schismatic Christian ways that will end badly. When you see rigid Christians, bishops, priests, there are problems behind them. There's not the sanity of the gospel. As usual, he accused the Catholics of what he himself was about to do. End quote. What Francis never admits is that he is the biggest ideologue of all ideologues in the church. Or the people who backed him and his claim to the papacy are, and he's just being a good, dutiful servant to them. Remember, he said in an interview once a few years ago that he was running the program that the people who made him pope wanted him to run. And those people are the late Cardinal Martini and a few others who were all hyper-modernists who hate the faith. Vigado goes on to quote the scholar Patrick Archibald, who in a long essay outlined how Francis is preparing for schism. Here's what Vigano highlights for us in that. Quote, We can rest assured that this process will continue. Synods manipulated to produce results aimed at continuing to dribble heresy on the playing field. The church has been in a state of de facto schism for some time, but those who no longer follow the teachings of the church have refused to leave. Although they are not living members of the church, they hold important roles in it. They do not want to be found, they, they do not want to found their own alternative church or a parallel hierarchy. On the contrary, they have acted in the long term to appropriate the Catholic name in its hierarchical structure. They didn't want their own church. They wanted ours. Now they have the power and they use it. So this is the question. How do we get rid of those Catholics who are fighting against our power? How can we get rid of the Catholic faithful who by definition, tenaciously cling to the one true church. How to remove true Catholics from the church. How to transform a de facto schism into a real schism. End quote. I'm not wild about his term of our church. The church belongs to Christ first and foremost. Now, the answer, though, to his general question is, of course, to create conditions intolerable for faithful Catholics to stay in the church. Instead, create conditions where those quasi-schismatics, as they view us, will leave, heading east to the Orthodox Church, though they have their own problems with heresy that most people aren't aware of, and that is definitely not an answer to the errors we're seeing in the Church today. By even contemplating that option, you're doing exactly what the Bergolians want you to do. They may issue excommunication decrees at some point against traditionalists who go to Mass with the SSPX or independent organizations and priests or with set of accountist groups, but again... He can't be excommunicated for keeping the same faith as our ancestors. That's not how it works. So don't fall for their fear campaign. Their attempts to have you so fearful that you'll submit to their unlawful authority because that would be an unlawful use of authority. So here Vigano tells us what this was going to look like in practice. Hint, we're already seeing this play out, folks. It's already begun. Quote, And here Archbold skillfully outlines the scheme adopted by the Central Committee of Santa Marta identifying some constant detectables in various cases. The Franciscans of the Immaculate, Bishop Rogelio Livetes Plano in South America, Bishop Martin Hawley in the United States, the Petit Sœur de Marie-Mère de Redemptor in France, 
To this short list, we could add the names of many other bishops and religious communities, Bishop Strickland probably, especially female religious communities who have since then been able to experience Bergoglian mercy. The system is always the same. The apostolic visitation at very short notice, no report on the outcome, no report on any critical issues found, no possibility or of clarification or defense for the person being investigated. The message and the method are clear. When they want you to leave, they can make you leave. They are no longer even following the procedures and feel dispensed from respecting the rules of due process established by canon law. This should put any bishop on the alert, and this is exactly the point. In parallel with this completely illegitimate canonical action, Bergoglio's emissaries do not hesitate to intimidate the bishops and communities for welcoming those who are ostracized. We remember well when Father Fidenzio Volpi participated informally in the assembly of the CEI to carry out a fear campaign on the Franciscans of the Immaculate, threatening the Episcopate not to incarnate the conservative friars in their dioceses. But when the rules allowed other bishops to provide a possible escape route for the victims, those prelates were threatened and they, the rules were changed to ensure that no bishop would allow new groups of Catholic faithful to set up in a very distant diocese, end quote. That was one of the things in tradition of Scustotus that people didn't really talk about. But we're already seeing this play out. Bishop Strickland will be probably the next to be kicked to the curb for trying to have the same faith as our ancestors did. Vigano shows a couple of other bishops that American commentators haven't really paid attention to, and of course, the religious orders. Especially women's religious orders have been the principal focus of this campaign so far. That campaign will go into the next phase soon enough. Things are going to continue moving forward until Francis stands at his judgment, and they may continue afterwards. The principal method for achieving this, by the way, will be synodality, which is not really about decentralizing power in the church, but actually centralizing power through the rule-by-committee of Bergoglio loyal laity. Here he quotes Patrick Archibald again, quote, the committee approved Catholic media will tell you that synodality is all about decentralizing church governance closer to the people on the model of bishops' conferences. This, of course, couldn't be further from the truth. In a stunning confirmation of the lie, before the ink was even dry on the synod document on synodality, the Pope personally stepped in to publicly uh, cut the knees out from the American Bishops' Conference before it even thought to discuss doing anything pointless about the Ted McCarrick problem. In any case, it would have been a purely formal matter, even for the most expert observers of the church. It's about making sure that no refractory Orthodox bishop can build a bastion of tradition and offer a safe space for traditional Catholicism. He cannot allow new groups of religious to form in his diocese. He cannot invite traditional sisters to open a house in his diocese. And if he does do anything too traditional, he will be the recipient of an apostolic visitation for the crime of not getting along with his Episcopal conference. All of this has resulted in the closure of all escape routes for traditional Catholics, end quote. All but one, home masses or masses with organizations the establishment-friendly Catholic media tells you are illicit. And of course, that is going to be the essence of their claim for schism. So here's your reminder. Any organization or public figure that spends a lot of time bashing on the SSPX or independent telling you independent priests and the SSPX are bad and to be avoided should probably be avoided themselves. They do the work of the ape of the church when they say those things. They want you to stay under the rule of Fernandez and Francis and, and whoever follows them. 
I say that as someone who regularly attends Mass with the, SF, with the FSSP, okay? It's obvious at this point that figures like that are what the late John Venari, one of the pioneers in this fight for the faith, once described as the false friends of tradition. The false friends of tradition are those who claim to be friendly to tradition, but really are complicit in the degradation of the faith. They themselves are allies to the modernists, or worse, are just profit-driven opportunists. The trad world has its own problem with the false friends of tradition, many of whom, you in the audience, tend to like and think we're on the same side of. But they do the work of the ape of the church whenever they go after traditional priests and laity. That's simply a fact, and I'm not here to give you make you feel good about it. But what do you think of this? You think Vigano's right, that they're going to try to corral us into the SSPX so they can sweep us all away? And what alternative will we have when they do their next round of suppressions of Latin masses and next documents that will be designed to curb our access to the Latin mass further, if not eliminate it? Curious what you think of that. Because, remember, the FSSP also got an apostolic visitation almost a year ago now, I think. Not much was reported on that so far, and the organization is still around, so we don't know what the outcome of that was. But if any more episodic visitations are on the horizon, I will be the one to report them for you. Let me know what you think about this in the comments, please. Like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help. So does sharing this on social media. That helps, too. And as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.